What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. 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 Box beat. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. It's intercepted at the Derek 40. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. Welcome again, Buccaneer fans, to the Salty Dog Podcast, number three. I'm excited. I really am. You're excited, and you are? I am, Jeff Ryan. You are, Jeff Ryan. Yes, and I'm, I'm excited about this. This is Yeah, uh, it's going well. It's, it's interesting, yeah, the comments that you get, especially from football people in the building that will say stuff to you, so they're paying attention. I like it. Or they're at least pretending. Well, yeah. either or, they I, know what a salty dog is, because that's <laughs> all everybody keeps calling me. I'm Scott Smith, and yes. in a little while, we're going to have a third person on for one of our segments, and you know... In these last couple ones we've been we've been recording, I've been trying to decide whether or not to reveal who it was. Yes, but you know what, Jeff? They clicked on a link that says "Salty Dogs" yes. with Rondé Barber. Yeah, today they clicked on a link that says "Salty Dogs" with Mike Allstott. I saw I saw that, and I was thinking, <laughs> why are we holding out? So yes, number forty, Mike Allstott's going to join train. us. Yes, I'm so get your excited. whistles ready. Yeah, excited about talking with him. Yeah, Mike's a great friend of the franchise and of us. <laughs> Very yeah, much. We so. always love Very when he comes so. around. So Jeff, we finally have a game to talk about. Mm. Uh, in Miami, yes, which has the worst radio booths in the league. And you were a witness to that because you joined our pregame show. <laughs> and uh, probably the best line out of the whole broadcast is the, uh, th- they finally got to our end zone. And Dave says, oh, good, we can see the players. Yeah. That, that is so frustrating. And you know what? This is going to come in for a question okay. uh, that's similar to well, that's at the good. end. But fans may not realize it. For for a radio booth to be in the end zone like that, there's a reason why they're there. And we all know what it is. Mm-hmm. It's money. Mm-hmm. Because... Radio booths and even press boxes with the written guys used to all be in the middle of the 50-yard line and spreading out from there. But that, that's premium real estate. That's where we are at Raymond James Stadium. I know. We, that's very good that they've kept those booths the, there. The, the Glazer family has kept us right there. And but you appreciate know that. from when we got in this league and everybody's press boxes and radio booths were right around the 50, yep. that around the league they have spread out to the corners because that's Mac, that's great real estate for luxury suites. And right. it's understandable. I'm not even saying it's it's wrong. It just I, is what it is. I don't have an argument with it other than just trying to do the job because if it's you're looking, hard. you can't do it down in distance looking down the field. You can't tell if it's a two-yard run or a seven-yard run. You can't tell until they until they announce it. And so it's hard to get a, a real, especially it must be hard for your guys yeah. trying to call in to get an immediate feel for what the play is. Yeah, what, what happens there is it's, it, it becomes more of all hands on deck. Uh, Helping I'm, with the spotting. I'm, spotters are on more. I'm talking a lot. Uh, TJ on the sideline, who is actually oh, yeah, right. on the side, can feed us how many yards. So everybody takes another role other than just what they're doing. There you go. So we did get to see some pretty good football. We did. Okay, I, we we liked what the quarterbacks did. Loved what the quarterbacks did. Every single one of them. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick should have been eight for eight. He was six for six. That great play to Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin like never drops a pass. He didn't really drop it. He dived and when he hit the ground, that's going to have it popped out. Unfortunate. And then I think the last pass, Ronald Jones failed to hold on. So Fitz easily could have been eight for eight. And I thought I thought uh, Jameis Winston looked really good. I thought that. Uh, to me, he just seemed like he wasn't pressing. To me, he just seemed like, I'm playing football, and here we go. And 
You all last week we talked about him playing with the second and third string, and I don't like to say second and third string. If you're on a football team, you're on the football team. But for now, for now, but he elevated. I personally believe he elevated their play. Yeah, all, that's fair. B- because of the way he was thrown. Right. You know, uh, Fitzpatrick was very sharp and mm-hmm. led two scoring drives. That's great. Um, I thought the thing that stood out about Jameis was he made some throws that I don't think the other guys on this roster can make. I would totally agree with that. And that's that's why he's the quarterback when he comes back, I believe. Because the the potential for the some of the stuff that he can do. He made some, I don't know what you want to call stick throws or something, mm-hmm. where it's a 15-yard past the sideline travels in the air like 35 yards or something like that. And he's putting it on a dime between three defenders. There was one on the right sideline. I think it might have been to a tight end. I can't remember for sure. Uh, it was just a beautiful pass. And then Ryan Griffin... The game, I know by that point it was all reserves in the game, so you have to take that with a grain of salt, but the game was not too big for him. He really managed it very well, and then he ran that two-minute drill that you had to have to win the game. His reserves played better than their reserves, so you have to measure it somehow, and he did. It was less than a minute on the clock, and he ran it about a minute or so on the clock. A minute and a half, I think. Moved him down, was making the calls, didn't waste timeouts, didn't waste time, got it set up for a field goal. That's all you asked, yeah, right? Yeah, in fact, he got down there so fast that we kind of wished he'd wasted more time because we had to try to run out the time mm-hmm. so they didn't have any. So you said something just there. You said our reserves were better than their reserves, and, and you meant it, and I think it's a good point, as he made them, he elevated them. But I also think this speaks to something I wanted to bring up. I think it's fair to say, let me see if you agree, has a Buccaneer quarterback or group of quarterbacks ever had as good and as deep of a group of pass catchers? I'm not talking about the backs, just mm-hmm. receivers and tight ends, mm-hmm. as we have right now. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. When you go, we know what Mike Evans is. We know what Deshaun Jackson can do if we can unlock that this year. Adam Humphreys is one of the better slot receivers in the NFL. Everybody's in love with Chris Godwin and his potential. And you still, and then you got that depth you're talking about, Justin, Will, Justin Watson, Bernard Reedy, uh, to some extent, um, uh, Bobo Wilson, Freddie Martino, and even the young guys. Like, they probably won't make the team, but they played well. And everybody who was called on did their job. Yeah, that's true. That's what I liked. I was looking at some of the seasons, like the best scoring season in, in, in Bucks history, so a good offense, right, was 2012. That team had VJAX at his height. We just got him. Mm-hmm. So that's a Pro Bowl VJAX and Mike Williams, and that's a really good start. But after that, it's like, Dallas Clark, Tyquan Underwood, not ripping those guys, but no. not, that's oh, it, Dallas it was, Clark at the end of his career. Very much so, very much so. 2000 was next, and that was Keyshawn Johnson. Okay, that's a good start. A lot of volume catches that year. No ja- touchdowns. No touchdowns. Jacquez Green, Redell Anthony, our friend Dave Moore. I mean, we yeah. love Dave Moore, Dave but Jacquez and Redell do not hold up to those the guys we have now. No. 2008 is next, and that was kind of a funky season because that was Antonio Bryant's one giant season here. But otherwise, it was... Ike Hilliard at the end of his career, Michael Clayton, really not at the top of his career. No, no, he, he Jeremy Michael, Stevens, Michael Clayton did well his rookie year and then kind of filtered. never really never, that never, again. never went back and, up. And Joey Galloway was on that team, but it was the very end. He only had like 12 catches. No, like what? Yeah, yeah. So none of these are, are matching up. Even mm-hmm. you know what I think comes the closest, and this team was not known for its offense, it was known for its defense, but the Super Bowl year of 2002, you had Keyshawn Johnson. You had Keenan McCardell. Mm-hmm. He was still very good at that point. I, Joe Juravicious. I, I was about to bring all this up, Joe Juravicious. And you had decent tight ends, although somewhat later in their career, and Ken Dilger and Ricky Dudley. Mm-hmm. 
That's getting closer, but I don't think it stands up to what we got right now. No, no. And you had, you still had Mike Allstott in there, so it gave you a... Well, yeah, I, a, I specifically yeah, said I was... Receivers, but, but receivers. But, I mean, a running game helps your well, passing game. And Michael Pittman was a great pass-catching back, and he was yes. on that team. So yeah. that's the one part. The reason I was kind of cherry-picking there, because you our running backs right now are pretty much an unproven group, especially in the passing game. So, yeah, there's some of these teams had better pass-catching backs for sure, right. like uh, 2002 with Michael Pittman. And I'd like to say, uh, last week I was spot on about our our corners. Our, don't worry about our cornerbacks at all. You don't need to worry about it. And who goes out on the first series? Vernon. Yes. And that's a shame because yes. he was, he's been practicing and he, he looked well. good. Yeah, and then it was a rough go of it for Ryan Smith who came in to replace him. But the rookies got in after that, and they looked good again. Carlton Davis and, and MJ Stewart and even Jordan Whitehead got to play. MJ Stewart is he's, that's your guy. Yeah, it? I think he's going to be my guy. He kind of like Godwin uh, on the other side. Just uh, Chris Godwin. Yeah, just uh, um, I saw. Okay, so we've been raving and raving and raving for good reason about Carlton Davis, mm-hmm. but there was a play in practice yesterday uh, Monday. Okay, I was in jury duty Monday, okay. so continue. <laughs> I was watching, and they did. Um, they did Skelly, which is basically like seven on seven, red zone, so there's no pass rush, and they were only doing half lines. So you were only using half the field, and you had three receivers or three pass catchers, sometimes tight ends or whatever. And it's a half field thing, so it's pretty tight in there. Well, these drills without defensive linemen favor the offense because there's no pressure on the quarterback. But in this case, it's kind of compacted, and, and it's, it's running kind of combination routes and, and quick stuff. But the first one, I don't remember who was in the slot or closest to the quarterback, but on the outside was, was Mike Evans. And he was matched up against Carlton Davis, which is a good matchup because there's a size there. And I was standing with some of our fine communications slash PR guys. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember which Cracker one. Cracker Jack group. <laughs> Cracker they Jack are. group. And uh, I don't remember which one, so I can't give him credit for it. But he's like, oh, well, Mike Evans. It's like, this is going to be Mike Evans because we're guessing where they're going to throw it. And, yeah, I mean, Mike, listen, Carlton Davis has been great. But the rookie's <laughs> not going to be great on every play. And Mike beat him very thoroughly. And it was back of the end zone. It wasn't even like a contested one that he usually has to do. But so. see, I think that's good because of it is. that gets him to learn more. Absolutely. But it also was nice to see Mike Evans <laughs> yeah. and know well, what kind of weapon you have there. Right. So. Well, I think we know what kind of weapon we have. There. Here's another thing from the game that wasn't great. All right. The kicker, our new kicker, missed an extra point. He did. And missed a 53 yard field goal. But he did. here's the difference we can have a kicker have a bad, not bad, just a so-so day. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't necessarily, a 53-yarder isn't a hugely high percentage one. Correct. And he made the game winner, and he made another one. His kickoffs, were, kickoffs were pretty good. Um, but it wasn't an awesome debut. But we can watch that happen and not get this impending sense of doom that's it's going to implode. Immediately. I mean, I'm not worried about Chandler Catanzaro in the next game, is my point. The, the funniest line of the broadcast was at the half – when TJ was talking to Dirk Cutter and going through how everybody played, and as the interview ended, Dirk said, well, we got the missed extra point out of the way. Yeah, that's right. And walked, just boomed, mic drop, and walked away. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I we hope know he's right about that. I know it's like now it. we don't have to worry about it because yeah. we already had it, and he'll make all the rest of them, which certainly could happen. Uh, one other thing that happened in that game that I want to call back to our last episode. All right. Um, we talked about some of the new rules and the diving rule. And I was kind of complaining about it. Mm-hmm. It, came, it was called in that game. Uh, on a second and something near the goal line, uh, Fitzpatrick scrambled. And uh, he the first down would have been at the one. And he dived and appeared to get to the two. And in the old rules, he would have been cre- credited for the two. But they actually spotted the ball back at the four because that's where he began his dive. 
I know this is yet another rule based on player safety. So I get that. And if that's what the league and the players want to do, fine. But I don't like it. I no. think a guy should have the option to dive for yardage. As Maybe not so much during a preseason game, but most definitely during a game in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, he should, have, he should have the option, which means if you can't have the rule because you can't go, well, this time I'm diving for yards, mm-hmm. but this time I'm diving to give myself up. They have to call everyone like they're diving to give themselves up. But if you're a quarterback and you know the first downs of the one, you're diving to try to get there. A lot of guys will do that. Now, Fitz says he dives because he can't slide. He's terrible <laughs> at sliding. So he would have been diving anyway. <laughs> and, of course, then they take the risk of getting hit, but that's the risk you take if you are desperate for those two yards. What if this two yards, what if it was fourth down and he had to get there and he dives? And they're going to take it back. Uh, there's going to be an ugly situation like that, and I'm not going to – I'm, I'm and bracing myself for it already, and I don't like it. And it's not going to take long. I agree. Okay. All right. Well, All right. did we cover everything? I think we did. I, well, we go to Nashville. So uh, as you're listening to this, we're probably already in Nashville. Right, because we, uh, we practice. recorded this yesterday. Yeah, we practice with the team. Um, and, uh, well, not us, but practicing with the Titans. So that's exciting. That's that's a good good experience. I, I like when we do stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, as Brent Grimes said today, he's like, no, nah, I don't really like it because I don't like living in a hotel for a week. But, I mean, it's so small. I also like what, I also like what Brent Grimes was talking about where he, he, he can't sit still. I know. Yeah, yeah, and you know that's true, right? I, I pr- he proved me right from another <laughs> podcast. Go back to the first podcast. Oh, I didn't remember that. Yes. Good, good job. Yeah. He's the guy who's on the sideline. Kicking a football up in the air like it's a soccer ball. Always find which time. Which is very good at, by the way. Uh huh. Always find time to play, as he says. Yes. So. Yeah, he does say that. He should be the Play 60 spokesman for the NFL I because like he it. says it on his own. All right. That's enough about what's going on now. We're going to come back here in a second and talk about, since we're playing Tennessee, maybe a few Tennessee memories. There's not a lot because we haven't played them a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're going to get to Mike Allstyle, which is probably what a lot of people here are waiting for. Me and too. And we'll finish up with your questions. So we'll be back in just a minute. The Salty Dogs. All right, welcome in once again to the Salty Dogs podcast. Uh, this is the part of the show where we, hey, you remember that? Remember that happened? And since we're going to be talking about the Tennessee Titans, this is going to be a very short segment. <laughs> yeah, we've only played them 11 times, and we've only beaten them twice. I, uh, and one was before we got here, I think. Well, you might have seen it. I think it was in the 80s. Well, that would when have been they were the, still Oilers. the Oilers. Yeah. Now, I, I, my memory of, of that was, it wasn't at that game, but it was in the 90s. Um, with Sam Weish as the head coach, we played at the um, Astrodome. It, we did. Mm-hmm. That must have been ninety or ninety-one because I didn't. I never. No, I think it was before then. Well, you said the nineties. Well, it was the nineties. I got here in ninety-two. Okay, so, so it had to be ninety or ninety-one. When did when did they go to Tennessee? I didn't bring 90. down. The, I didn't. They bring didn't down go until I'm like, gonna start they, bringing. They didn't go again. until later. This okay. was this was under. Trust me, I remember. I do trust you. This is one of these. This is one of these check marks. I mean, I trust you. In regards to this, I don't want to make a blanket statement. I, I trust you, Jeff. I understand. The Astrodome. Check. Did a game in the Astrodome. I, yeah. And I wouldn't remember if I went to the Astrodome. You don't? You didn't, no, I didn't. Oh, so maybe, well, 91 was Richard Williamson. Yeah, Sam, you said Sam White, and I got here the uh, same year as Sam White. I don't know. Either You're one of getting, our memories failing. Not mine. I don't know. I remember right, stadiums. Let's, let's remember. I remember stadiums, but uh, we lost that game. No, I think we won that game. I can't remember. This is but a I great just re- story. I, rem- I just remember how cool looking... It was. Was Earl Campbell there? No. Okay, I was trying to Thanks. catch you. I know. I figured you did. But what's funny. Dan Pastorini? Uh, nope. No, but you know, Dan Pastorini quit playing football and then became a drag racer. Did you know that? No. Oh, there this, you go. This podcast is really and going that, off the rails. And that's a driver drag racing. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Cars, <laughs> things like. It's a new day and age. I don't know. I want to be. Know. Uh, they both sound entertaining. Um, but my story is, 
as big as the Astrodome is, because it's still there, next to the new stadium. I don't know what it's called now because it was Reliant before, and now it's something yeah, else. Yeah, it? Something Houston. with the word energy or synergy or something. It, it's like a, it looks like it's the shed for, for, for that new stadium. <laughs> That's the only thing. And the only other thing I remember about playing Tennessee is we were ahead and we lost in the fourth quarter, and I was miserable in the rain. Sorry to make you relive that. In the rain? You yeah, said the Astrodome. The, no, this was this was the only other memory I have of playing tennis. Being <laughs> okay, maybe it's Tennessee. the same game. No, it's not. No, it's, no, I'm saying it's the one I'm about to talk about. Oh uh, yeah, in Tennessee. Oh no, it's not. Then remember that one. This one was from '98. This is really my only vivid memory of playing against Tennessee. I mean, we beat them in '90 in 2007. I vaguely remember that with mm-hmm. Jeff Garcia, and I think we had. To, I think Joey Galloway had a long touchdown. Maybe. Okay, but in '98. The season was, you remember that, it, it kind of went off the rails a little bit in the middle, and we ended up 8-8 eight and, eight and just eight missed and eight. the playoffs. Um, Three-game losing streak, all close games in the middle, and the first one was Tennessee, and uh, John Lynch was out for the game, and it made all the difference in the world because they ran the ball up and down the field on us for like 250 yards. But 71 of those yards, I remember the number, 71, came on a Steve McNair, the quarterback. The quarterback scrambled for 71 yards for a touchdown. Do you remember that? Yes. It wasn't. It was like third and eight, and we had a chance to get the ball back, only down by two, and he he play action, which is not really believable on third and eight in the first mm-hmm. place. Turns to his right, and one of our linemen is there. I don't remember who. And so he cuts up, and now all he's off. And we've got – we must have had eight guys dive at him, and everybody just misses, or they're diving and hitting each other, and he runs 71 yards for the quarterback, and that iced the game. I do remember that. That wasn't a good memory. That was a crazy season, too, because coming off the 97 season, finally making it to the playoffs, winning a playoff game, going to Green Bay, losing a lot of expectations, and we were in the thick of things, back and back and back. And then um, uh, last game of the year was Cincinnati. We beat them like 35 nothing. Yeah. Like Allstate had three touchdowns. And we were flying home. And uh, mm-hmm. this is when we would have little TVs, and you would have to change the channel depending on what what state you were flying over. You remember over. the game that everybody's trying to get? Yeah, so it was the Arizona game. Jake the Snake, uh, San Diego. Okay, and Jake the Snake drove him down, and a winning field goal took us out of the playoffs. Yep. It went from cheers and cheers the in the silence. airplane to dead silent. Right, because even at eight and eight, if Arizona had lost, we would have made the playoffs on a tiebreaker over them. And then I think they went on to beat Dallas. So that was inter- that was weird, but these aren't very good memories. So let's quit this. Remember yeah. the win segment. Well, I, we can. I mean, but the problem is, it depends on what team we're playing. Right. No, I mean today. Yeah. I don't mean get rid of it totally. Oh, you want me to? You want me to just let's just move on from today. No, don't get rid of oh, it. Oh, okay. No, we gotta right. give the fans. We gotta show them we don't know anything about this one. <laughs> we have no memories of them. We're making. Well, we memories. made some memories. They were okay. decent. We'll make some now. All right. So let's end this and let's get the mic all stuff. Yeah. Let's get right to mic. The salty dogs. All right, Buccaneer fans, welcome back into the Salty Dog Podcast here. I'm Scott Smith, and... I'm Jeff Ryan. And we have a guest with us now. Um, you know, it's a short history of the Salty Dogs Podcast, but this is maybe our most exciting guest yet, right? And I haven't talked to this guy in a long time. <laughs> Get out your train whistles and and make your uh, bouncing off tackle sound effects, because joining me now is the A-Train, Mike Allstop. Mike, thanks so much for being with us. How are we doing, guys? Great. Great. Thanks for having me, first of all. Oh, we, hey, well, you know Buck fans are going to love it, so... We'll talk to you about training camp and stuff like that. But first, you know, Buck fans know Mike Allstott as, as, you know, the A-train and all that. But right now, Mike Allstott is a head coach at Northside Christian. You've been doing that for, I guess, seven years now. How much do you actually like being a head coach at this point? I enjoy it. I, I really did. Um, I do. Then it all started just coaching, being an assistant coach in, a, in rec football. And then I tried one year of um, 
be an assistant and uh you know becoming the head coach at Northside fell in my lap and uh I've enjoyed it you know my kids go to school there my girls go to school there so I get to see them be around them and you know I got to coach my son and I got to coach a whole bunch of kids that became sons and you know it's just uh it, it's great and uh in, in, in every way you know it's just not about football it's more about you know life and you know and trying to help them make decisions and uh have them grow up too help them mature and, and be young be young adults getting involved was it part because griffin wanted to play some football and it gave you an opportunity to to be, get closer with your with your oldest son yeah you know it's funny he didn't want to play at first and we weren't making him and uh when he was in sixth grade he's like his best friend was playing so he's like hey dad i want to play i want to play football and i'm like well, and he was he was playing baseball 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 and you know how that goes. You know, once you get into baseball season, you really practice. You play more games in practice. And I'm like, well, it's totally different. You know, you're going to practice, you know, 99% of the time, and you're going to play, you know, on the field 1% of the time, especially in rec football, right? So, yeah. um, you know, he, he liked it. And now he's at Western Michigan being the quarterback over there and uh, doing well. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, very exciting. Well, Mike, if you if you were uh, if we were to rewind about 15 years at this time of year, you'd be right in the middle of training camp instead of running the guys through the paces. Somebody'd be running you through the paces. What are your memories of training camp? Do, do you look back fondly at that part of the year in any given season, or was it just getting through it? No, I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed training camp. Um, yeah, it was a grind, but you know, it was it was uh, especially when we were in. Um, Disney World over at the Wide World Sports. That, that was, uh, you know, there was some bonding, a lot of bonding, camaraderie building and stuff like that. And um, and it was, uh, it was, I guess when it was training camp was real when you had practices and full pads every day, right? Twice well, a day. <laughs> I, I, ha- I have to agree with you, Mike. I thought uh, being at UT was, was unique. Being at Disney was a great bonding experience and now doing – what ten years? Well, we've been in the building ten years, so it's since been, we started here in two thousand nine. Yeah. So okay, since, so almost. Yeah, almost a decade. Here. Yeah, wow. almost. It's been that long. You've been back to one bucket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in yeah. the new one. Oh, yeah, wow. time flies. And each one has its own unique experience. But my favorite is when we were at Wide World of Sports. And you're right. I what I liked about it is that we were there for so long, and it gave an opportunity like a guy like me to be able to make relationship with players, mainly because we all ate in the same place, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And after about a week, you were looking for someone new to talk to. Everybody got to know everyone, and you didn't have somewhere just to get up and go and go somewhere else. You know what I mean? You're always with each other, and um, you had time to study harder, watch more film, do all that stuff. I don't know what they do now. Do they Do they still stay in hotels? Or yeah, they yeah. yeah, they do. But, um, yeah. you know, obviously they just had the one practice in the morning, and then uh, they get breaks and they have meetings. But it's... And it's probably for the best in terms of player safety, but it's definitely a lot less grueling. No, no, I get it. You know, times have changed and life changes and stuff like that. But, you know, it was uh, just just being away, I guess, being away. And nobody wants to be away from their family for four weeks and stuff like that. But, you know, it's for you to focus and concentrate and and build a championship team. You know, that's what what we did. You know what I mean? Yeah. We used used the word camaraderie and – and not just in camp, but I'm sure that was existence all throughout the season. A subset of that, maybe a little bit of um, 
when you sort of uh, messed around with your teammates and little pranks. We had Dave Moore on last week, and I, I have a feeling that some of your stories might overlap with him because you guys were partners <laughs> in crime at time. Were there any of those uh, old behind-the-scenes pranks that fans wouldn't know about that you remember fondly? Oh, geez. That you can uh, share. Which one did Dave tell? <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff about cars. He did the one about Jeb Terry taking the hood off the truck. Oh, he did. He did that one. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good one. (laughs) So, Paul. Paul Kelly. Paul Kelly. Yes. Paul Kelly. PK. Right right hand man to uh, Gruden. They were messing with me, and they put uh, a sticker on my on my license plate and stuff like that. And they were. I remember that. uh, We would always do that. Do pranks and stuff like that. And uh, but anyway, so for me to get them back. So me and Dave came in at like four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, something like that, and and um, sitting underneath Paul Kelly's Range Rover, jacking it up, and about to pull off the tires, and uh, he comes out the back door of the weight room and says, "Hey, I got you guys. Uh, put it back. Uh, pranks on you guys. Uh, you got woke up. You guys woke up so early, and blah blah." So every day he used to park his car in a different spot. In, at the, around the facility. Now, this is the new Buccaneers facility. And so one day he pulled it into the um, the owner's lot. Well, we got into the owner's lot, right? And then <laughs> we put that thing on. No, excuse me, he parked it. No, one time we couldn't get in there, but he parked it on the other side of the owner's lot, and we found it. So long story short, we put it on blocks, and we hang his tires from the, the goalpost, <laughs> and then I guess uh, um, the GM says, hey, look out the window. That's pretty hilarious. And he realizes his tires and stuff like that. and But uh, just stuff like that, you know, we always kept it, you know, for real around there. And uh, everybody's head on a swivel. I don't think I would have messed with you guys, you and Dave, because I would have expected <laughs> it to come back twice as hard. The, the My personal experience, I'm sure you'll remember this, Mike, when we were in Philadelphia, the first go-round, and we were on the field, and you and I had a discussion about my beard. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, Yeah. You've been waiting to tell this. Go ahead. I, I was saving this story ahead, for, for no. Well, it's actually you're the guest. You're the guest, so you tell your I'm version of the story, and then I'm going to tell mine. First, okay, he wants to hear your version first. Okay, remember right. All right, my my version of the story was we were in Philadelphia, and I think we were five and one was the, our record. We were playing really, really well, and this was before social media. This was before uh, NFL Network would be on the field early. Uh, Mike used to go to the go to the stadium really early, like mm. like us broadcasters did to set up. But then we would all meet on the field and we would goof around on the field, try to you know snap a ball and hit the goal post. Hit the goal post, yeah. yeah. Just just bonding, entertaining, just right. having a conversation. And and Mike was uh, talking and he looked at me and he goes, "Hey, how long have you had your beard?" And I said, "Oh gosh, long time, Mike." And he goes, "Ever think about shaving it off?" I said, "Nah, nah, I don't I don't think about that." And he goes. Uh, how about if the Bucks go to the Super Bowl? And I said, oh, well, I'll go to a goatee. <laughs> and Mike goes, okay, well, when we go to the Super Bowl, your, 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 your beard's coming off. You're going to be wearing a goatee. And uh, I said, yeah, and I didn't think anything of it until the Philadelphia game. And when Rondé Barber is running down probably the best moment in Buccaneer history, I'm thinking, oh, geez, I got to shave my beard. And uh, – um, on the flight back, on the flight back, Jeff Christie and Mike wanted to hold me down and shave my beard on the airplane. And I said, Mike, Mike, I promise I'll do it. I'll do it. I 
And and the next day when we were flying out to San Diego, as I was walking on the tarmac, Mike had a camera and he saw that I had taken it down oh, to a goatee good. and he probably still has video on Mike, it. Mike, you got anything to embellish that story? What, what's your version? No, it's, 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 it's totally accurate. You know, I, I remember that. It's all coming together now. And every, at every time you see me, you go, I've made you a much better looking well, guy. Well, right, because you've, you've kept the look ever since. I have. I I'm have. staring at you right now. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> it's your signature look yeah, now, Jeff. It is. It is. But, but all because of, uh, uh, and the hardest part was, uh, um, you know, trying to get it done before we went to San Diego. But uh, it's, uh, you know, I think, you know, it's like you tell that story and I tell the other stories and stuff like that. And I don't know how it is now. But, you know, I, I enjoyed, you know, the NFL, you know, obviously being in, inside the gridiron playing and doing all those things. But those little stories behind the scenes and, and hanging out, not just with football players, but, you know, the whole the whole organization, everybody was great in, in my time. And, and uh, you know, they got stories for everyone and stuff like that. But, you know, that's uh, there were some good days. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, well, I'll never forget it. I still laugh every time I see you, and I think about it. And every time we f- play Philadelphia, that is my initial thought of not Rondé Barber running back, but you're all well. No, well, I was really excited that he was running back, but I was thinking, oh. And then I, I honestly, the only other um, thing with Mike that I totally enjoyed was flying back after the Super Bowl win, going over Raymond James Stadium, and. Mike and Jeff Christie were sitting on the other side of the plane. And as the plane tilted, they wanted to see the stadium. And he came up where I was sitting. And when you have Mike Allstott and Jeff Christie smashing you to look out the window, you'll, you'll never forget that. Yeah. I, I remember I remember that, Jeff. I remember when that plane tilted. Yep. We saw we saw that stadium full. That was awesome. And the lights on. Oh, that was incredible. One more question, Mike, before you go. Last week, we, had, we were reading a question from a fan uh, that's what we do at the end of this podcast. And mm-hmm. he wanted to know about a player that we have right now named Alan Cross. And he said, do you think Alan Cross could be – they could use him in a right. role like Mike Allstott? No, no, I mean, he's not that type of player. But my question for you, Mike, is if you were coming into this league right now with the exact same skill set that you came in the league in 96, do you think there's a team that would give you the same sort of role? Or, or has the game changed? No, I'm not, no, I'm not sure. Um, it's changed so much, huh? I mean, it's just uh... – play with the fullback anymore yeah and it's more it's more of an h-back a little bit now it's kind of like doing a whole little circle isn't it yeah would they view you as an h-back and not really give you the chance to prove that you're a tailback in the nfl essentially i don't know i don't know and uh, you know i see you know the bucks now i mean all their running backs are pretty pretty um you know knit they're they're smaller aren't they? they don't have the yeah. bigger back combination kind of like me and Warwick Dunn, do they? Well, Peyton Barber's got a little yeah, thickness a little to him, um, but he's the main one. Uh, but we don't have an, we don't even have a fullback position on the roster. In fact, if a guy like Austin Johnson who played fullback in New Orleans comes here, they just call him a tight end and make him run with the tight ends. Oh, really? Yeah. So if we're going to do a lead back, it's going to be a, a tight end serving as basically like an H-back. Yeah, I'd have to go to linebacker, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be, that, sure. that'd be fun to watch. Uh, you know, it's just uh, right before I even came in, I think it was, you know, the Warren Moon era where they just had the run and shoot, right? That's right. right. And they, they didn't have the they didn't have the fullback, and then the whole trend went to the fullback a little bit, and then um, now they're getting a little bit out into the two tailback type of things, the more scattier backs and stuff. So you know, that's kind of went with with Gruden and stuff, but. Uh, you know, I don't follow that much as much as far as who's got what and stuff like that. But um, 
yes, yeah, it's, it's it's different. It's just weird how it it all comes full circle, though. Yeah, I tend to think that you, they'd find a role for you. I mean, you know, uh, I talent was just, is talent. Yeah, I was just going to say, just hand him a ball and say, run. <laughs> and, and you know, the words of all stud up to gut will yeah, live forever. Yeah. All right, well, Mike, that's a good way to end it, I think. Yeah, well, good job. best of Nicole, best of the family. Thanks for taking time out of your busy, busy day to, uh, to join us. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me. Great yeah. talking to you guys. All right, Mike, thanks a lot. The Salty Dogs. All right, we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast. We just had Mike Allstott on. That was Love fun. That guy. That's Jeff Ryan's voice. Yeah. I'm Scott Smith. He's such fun. Maybe we can get him to come on like every like four or five weeks. Yeah, I, you know, he's such down to earth. Uh, he's no busy. airs. He's busy, yeah, though. he's very very busy. But yeah. I mean, even as a player, he was just right. all, he always. I, I did a lot of different things with Mike, uh, a lot of appearances, and and he was always you know just. Yeah, where you want me to go? Just a good guy. That family stuff he was talking about, you know how he said that's what he remembers and cherishes? Mm -hmm. That's true. I remember him saying that when he retired, that that's what he was going to miss. Oh, Dave said that. Dave Moore said that last week. It's amazing how much. I I miss the guys. I don't miss all this other stuff. Right. All right. um, Let's get to your questions. That's what we do here on the last segment of Salty Dogs. This is always hard. Well, this is tough for you, Jeff, because I I get these questions. Well, (laughs) cheating. I mean, I have to read them. I have to vet them. Okay, we've been talking for about 25 minutes. Now, one time, have you slid that piece of paper over here and said, oh, by the way, well, we, we may be having questions? Stuff. I understand, but go ahead. I'm good. I'm good on my feet. I'm like a cat. You're going to have to prove that now. Just like okay. a cat. All right, so we have three of them. Um, do you think we have questions? Did we get questions this week? I think we did. Yes, we did. We got three of them. I'm hoping that number goes up every week. So you can send us questions, Salty Dogs, S-A-L-T-Y-D-O-G-S, at buccaneers.nfl.com. We love them. We want to read your questions mm-hmm. on the air. Um, you can have fun with it. You can, yep. you, can you can make fun of Jeff and his goatee if you I want to. I want you to participate. This is this is a two way so street. Good. These are good here. Okay, um, salty dogs. Great. These are good too because they they compliment oh, us. Right that at the means top. the question's going to be yeah. there's a butt coming. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying they compliment us. And so I understand, but after they compliment you, they go no, but no. Uh, great podcast so far. Thank you. My question is, who would you say is the strongest guy on the team this year? Thank you, Matt Jaspin. Go Bucks and wait. Before you answer that, he also has some advice for you specifically because you're the technical guy here. Quick suggestion. I like how you in the podcast with music on episode two. I think you should continue with that. That was your addition last time. <laughs> but have the music play and have it gradually fade out to silence. He wants a tail out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, I didn't. No, he wants a tail out. That means something different to me. There sure. was one. It, it, the tail out was uh, maybe insufficient two, tail. Well, out. it was about two seconds. So we we will we will increase. On, Jeff, let's get these tail out, tail outs right. It's basically a <laughs> personal preference. Well, my preference was to end it soon, but I am a team player. All right, so well, I mean, uh, Matt fine. Matt has spoken. All right, you um, know, Matt does have to understand that you know. When I say the key word, it's over. So yeah. whether there's music or not. That was your brilliant yeah. new addition to you the like end. You like that? Yeah, okay. Okay, All right. So you got any answers here? Uh, strongest the strongest guy on the, team. guy on the team right now. Wow. Need some help? I think of DeMar Dotson as being a strong guy just because he's big. But, yeah. You know. I don't know if this question means overall or pound for pound. I think I've got an answer for both. Though. All right, let, let me see. I did a little asking around in the building. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to answer the question. As I long asked as asked around the building, and this is the poll I took. As Go long ahead. as the fans are getting the information, I, I appreciate. All you. right. Go ahead. Um, Evan Smith 
Evan Smith. Oh, I, I could, heard that I repeatedly. He he is a big dude. Well, I mean, sure, not, but all the offensive. No, line no, are. but but yes, I can I can see that. He drives a really cool car too. I didn't know that. And he drives a '57 Chevy that's been custom. Oh out wow, just, you would love that. I know when he leaves, I can hear it from my office. I know the sound of that yeah. car. You probably had one at one point. No. Wow, you're just really <laughs> you're just. I All think right. I could swear on this podcast, so well because you, you can just edit it. it out later. Yeah, well, that's true too. But I, I would, I think, since you didn't have an answer on your own and you went with 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 Evans, I'd go with the same thing. I would. Okay, I well then maybe pound for pound, and I didn't know this. I know he's a great player, Levante David. Levante David is apparently oh, he's very a strong. Yeah. Well, yeah, but yeah. I, I'm just saying you're comparing these guys. But to how a bunch do you of know a guy is strong? Well, it's in the weight room. Okay. Well, see then. I mean, I don't hang out. Yeah, though. we don't hang. That's why I asked. Yeah. But I thought it'd be kind of creepy to stand there in the weight room while we're doing a workout. Perhaps tomorrow I will be doing that to check that out. All right, out. next week I'll give you a little advance warning right. on the questions. But that's good. Is that right? But but I Because you're an especially salty, salty dog. No, right I, now. I, I I can appreciate not knowing the questions. It makes <laughs> it a little more fun for me, but I do like what you're saying. I, 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 would, say, I would say that's Those a Those two really guys good are good choice. choices. Yes, All right, absolutely. You're, you're not going to have any problem with this okay. one. Okay. Ahoy, Scott and Jeff. Ahoy. Getting the nautical theme mm. in there. First and foremost, go Bucks hey, with, the re- with the regular season right around the corner. I always have a hard time quenching my Bucks thirst. So I just binged two Salty Dog episodes. Cool. Thanks. It helps. You're welcome. Wow. I started going to Bucks games in 1996. Fortunate to, ca- to catch some games at the Big Sombrero, which was what everybody used to call Tampa Stadium. Yep. And that was the last year of Tampa Stadium. Can you guys talk about what you remember from that time, if you remember... Sorry, bad age joke. Yeah, that is a bad age joke. Yeah. I'm not going to read this question anymore. So what's he want a memory out of? When the Glazers bought the team and Hillsborough County built a new stadium, what effect did that have on the culture, if any? Cheers, Bobby Munster, who I happen to email back, and he apparently lives in California now, but it's still a season take okay. over. What effect it had on me personally? or what I think effect? you can answer it both ways. What was the culture? How did the culture change? I think the culture was changing even before the stadium was right built. because the Glazers bought the team. Because the Glazers bought the team, they had a plan, they had an agenda. They bought the team. It went one year, um, and that was under Sam. After that year was over with, they decided to make changes. Yeah. Um, so ninety five, they bought it. Ninety six, new coach. Ninety seven, new ninety seven, new uniforms. Ninety eight, new stadium. Ninety nine, NFC championship. Actually, game. actually, ninety eight was the new stadium. That's what I said. Yeah. Um, but 97 was fun because you could, after the 96 season, you could see the team coming together and, mm-hmm. and you, and as a fan, you had to say, wow, you know, this, this is something we haven't seen before since the late seventies. And a lot of fans don't remember the great defenses right. in, in the late seventies. Because 70s. they weren't born. Well, that's true. But that, that was something that the organization as a buck fan would hang their hats on from worst to first in 79. Yeah, right. So you take 79 and, and 97, you flip the numbers. Now you start. Numerology. There you go. So now you start thinking that this could be pretty good. And as the team, as the team played better and better, the stadium filled up yeah. more and more. And then you had that electricity. Yeah. And then you could see where the new stadium was going. And also, that was the first year of the new uniforms. In 97. Yes. Yeah. So I, my answer to this question would be in terms of what, remembered and how the culture it was a sense of relief once mm-hmm. once the community investment tax passed and we knew they were going to build a stadium we knew for sure 
that the team was going to stay here. Mm-hmm. And that was a big relief because there was concerns that big concern. he could be moved out of out we, to Orlando or something like I that. I was involved in a, I don't know if Baltimore. you Baltimore. Yeah, I don't know if you remember this, but all TV stations in Tampa Bay, we did a rally uh, at, at the stadium. It was live on TV. And um, it was to help promote the half cent sales tax to bring the fans together to, Mm-hmm. And and this is I know you're gonna you're gonna go BS on me on this, but this is a true story. When Hillsborough County voted to do the half cent sales tax, we moved to Hillsborough County. You did, yes, just to help the cause. Well, because I wanted to keep my job, I'd do whatever <laughs> I had to at that time. And then I was working for a radio station, but but we, yeah, well, we we were looking to build somewhere, and we and and Hillsborough County, and and we eventually we moved in. Actually, we uh, built the house. And that helped build in, the stadium in a small way. In a very small way. So you should have a brick over there somewhere. Right? I, I was hoping so. But, yes, I think that I think people forget how, how much had to change. And, and everybody has to remember that there were other cities wanting a team. Oh, yeah. And that was the beginning of stadiums being built in um, Baltimore. Well, they got a team in They like got a team. But but they yeah, were all ninety six. Yeah, but they had the plans for those new stadiums, all yeah. of that new stadium. So that was a pretty electrifying time. In yeah. fact, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm going to check it out. Hopefully, uh, uh, we'll tease a little bit. Hopefully, we'll we'll have Tony Dungy next week. Um, it might be a couple weeks or a few weeks. Yeah. Or a Ring of Honor. Ring I'm of sorry, Honor, Ring yeah. of Honor. But I think I read somewhere, and in my discussions with him, I think he said the 97 season was his most fun season. Really? Yeah. Write this down, because I'm going gonna, gonna to make sure we get that. I'm using my I understand. pen here. Don't worry. The people who listen to this podcast <laughs> have no problem calling me out. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, that was fun. It was a 5-0 and start to the mm-hmm. season and return to the playoffs and all that. So, um, one more question. Let's just get to it. Okay. We could go on and on about those okay. couple of years. Am I answering too long? Should I make no, no, my I'm answer saying shorter? I want to make sure we get this last one in. Okay. Um, by a guy who actually got a question in the first podcast, David Harrison. So thanks for sending in ah, another yeah. one. Scott and Jeff, no old jokes. Appreciate that. Thank you. You guys are killing it, though, on this new podcast. My question is this. What's the best part of your jobs, and what is something about your jobs, good or bad, that people outside your field would be surprised to learn? Asking for a friend. Hope they let you guys keep this up. Go Bucks. The best part of my job is I don't feel like I go to work. That's I'm, great. I'm doing, Everybody should work. I am doing something that I've always wanted to do and not necessarily sports because I started my career off as a disc jockey from being a disc jockey. I went to an air personality because that's what you <laughs> called them. From that, I launched a sports station in town. Ta- well, from that, I... Um, got involved running the Buccaneer radio network and then I launched a sports station. So I'm able to do my love of being on the radio and having a good time. And then my love for sports and it's uh, extra special for me because that's how my father and I connected was because of sports. Mm -hmm. And we went to many, many different sporting goods and, um, I always appreciated the time my dad was in the broadcast booth and got to see what cool. I did. And so nice. so I would say that... that um, Nobody in my family cares about sports, yeah. so they don't care about my well, job. My They're family, very nice people. They yeah, just don't care about my, my job. My, my brother still asks me, uh, so you coming for Christmas dinner? Yeah. I mean, he <laughs> just they, don't, they just don't understand. But I got one more bit. I like, I enjoy the relationships with the players, not because they're players, but as people. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's good when you get those. You don't get those relationships. Not very often. One of them, but um, mine is really. It's kind of dumb, but I just. It's so much fun when we win. Oh yes, <laughs> you know. So that's. Oh. The, and then the locker room afterwards, and everybody's having such a mm-hmm. good time. But I will say this: uh, after a win, after a win, and, but but I will say, doing a, a game, a broadcast game, when the team isn't winning, makes you a better broadcaster because you're working harder to bring entertainment value to everybody. Yeah. Because when you win, the stories fall in your lap. Yeah, that's true. So, but still, it's more fun when we win. Oh, the, the question no is, questions. what do we like about it? And then the last part: what would surprise people about our job? Uh, when we fly on these team planes, if you wanted to, you could gain 500 pounds oh. because they, I don't think people have any idea. They are constantly bringing food up and down the aisle, meals and ice cream and chocolate snacks bars. and candy. You don't get candy going up. So you you, that's right. They try candy. to keep it healthy on the way up. Yes. Yeah. Before for, the game, but coming back. It's an unbelievable smorgasbord of food. You kind of have to pass on like seventy five percent of it. Yes, because they have they have food at the stadium. That's when right. You leave we get for fed. the team. You we could get, grab a box. You could grab a. You get a you meal grab, as you're leaving you, the stadium because you you need to eat on the bus as you're driving to the air. This is probably very important for players because yes. they need to refuel a yes. lot and, and immediately. Right. But it's not important for us. Right. And then walking up the plane, you have a sandwich you can grab. You sit down. Chick fil A yeah, on the way out. Yeah, then they ask you if you need. Uh, but yes, you do have to watch your. Uh, you do have to. I, I'm good for a 15 pound gain every season. <laughs> I have to fight to get it off. I'm so, not lying. So that's what you wouldn't know. So, but all right. I, I will say this. Now I, I'm hungry. Let's. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I will say this. It's a cool job. It's fun. And um, I'm not going to say I do it for free, but you know what I'm yeah, saying. It's a good job. All right. You this be- part's fun, too. I like yes, this. Yes, I'm enjoying this, is, this. This is going up my list. Well, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm doing full circle. As long as you're going full circle, why don't you take us out? We'll see you next week. And since you did, thanks for listening.